What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats. It is Tuesday. We got a great one for you today. A lot to talk about. Corbin Burns and the Brewers' relationship is not in a good place. Catcher tears coming at you today. We got a lot. Disha Thostar is going to join me to talk being at Yankees camp, being at Mets camp. We got another bat to give away. Three more custom bats still out there. So keep listening. You'll hear all about that soon. This one's going to be a blast. Let's get to it. He swings and it's a high fly ball, deep center field. It is gone. Home run. And a huge backflip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. What is up, my friends? Alex, it has been uh, it has been quite the weekend for me. You sound like you've been at a bachelor party. Let me just throw that out there. If you've been following Ben on social media, I mean, he was doing all the things. Nashville, you Nash look Vegas. and yeah. you sound like you were on a bachelor party. If, if you're just listening, he's, Thank got, you. Puff, he's yeah. got a puffy eye, he's I, got a little uh, raspy voice. I mean, you had a good time. You know, we are, um, we're about a month away from really ramping up the season. Yeah. My life is going to be baseball, baseball for a long time. Yeah. So sometimes you just got to let your hair down and get after it. Always. You know? I'm I proud had of a you. great weekend. Nashville's great. Had never been. So that was your first time? That was my first time. Nash and I'm from Vegas? the East Coast. I'm from Virginia. That's crazy. It's changed a lot. It really has turned into like the bachelor, bachelorette destination. Yeah. And is, as you said, Nash Vegas is the new Las Vegas is the new like where everybody's going for bachelor and bachelorette trips. It was um, I love it. It was a blast. It's a blast. So, you go to honky glad I look awful and sound awful. You don't. Thank you, Alex. Let's get to baseball. <laughs> Just kidding. How was your weekend? Mine was great. Uh, You're on the herd right now every day this week, right? I am. Yeah. Just, great. I just came upstairs, came up a couple levels. You're killing it. We're bouncing. We're having well, a good time. I watched time. yesterday, not today because I was oh, that's okay. here. I'll but. forgive you. I don't know. We're fighting already this morning. You, I, I posted like our pre-video to promote the show, and you had me redo it to put you in it, and then you did yours and didn't even put me in it. Well, we're, we're off to a great start. Karma. Fabulous start. Um, this is going to be a fun one. Make sure you keep listening because at some point, I'm going to drop the winner of the previous bat and the new email to win another custom Flippin' Bats bat. It is sick, so... Stick around a little while later in the episode. I will give you the email to just send a screenshot that you are subscribed to Flippin' Bats. That's all you got to do, and you could win a bat. And like a, I we just sent out the first few. I like wrote a little note and everything. Oh, that's you know? cute. You yeah. know, I want to see like some like cool creative photos. So if you win these bats, please take photos with them and tag us in them. So it's kind of like flipping bats around the world, wherever you are, wherever they may be. I'm excited to hear what the email is. And they're week. limited edition. Never been – it's one of six. Talk it up. It's great. Um, let's talk – this This is actually um, – I, I want to start with Corbin Burns and the Brewers yeah. because, man, I was – this kind of pissed me off, to be honest. Um, I'm a big fan of Corbin Burns, and he won a Cy Young Award just a couple of years ago. He continues to be one of the best pitchers in the game of baseball. And the Brewers decided to go to arbitration – with him. And just a quick synopsis here, arbitration is is basically the process that the two sides, meaning Corbin Burns and and the Milwaukee Brewers couldn't come to an agreement on what he should get paid for this one season, right? So you go to the through the process of having a neutral arbitrator figure that out. It is a nasty process, and the Brewers went through this process with their best player, their best pitcher one of the best pitchers in the game of baseball, 
over $750,000. So um, before we dive into Alex and I's both thoughts here, I, I think we have a clip to play from what Corbin Burns had to say when he arrived to spring training, he was very honest about his thoughts and went on and on. But I think we have a good clip right here. So let's play that. Yeah, like I say, you, you kind of find out your true value. Um, you think you, you work hard for seven years in the organization and five years with the, with the big league team. And um, you get in there and basically they, they value you much different than what you thought you'd, you contributed to the organization. Um, and it's just, you know, it's obviously it's tough to hear, it's tough to take. But, you know, they're trying to do what they can to win a hearing. Um, but I think there was obviously other ways that they, they could have gone about it um, and um, probably been a little more respectful with the, with the way they went about it. But, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, here we are. Um, you know, they, they obviously, they won it. Um, but it, it, when it came down to, to winning or losing the hearing, it was, it was more than that for me. Yeah, I mean, there's, there, there's no denying that the relationship has definitely, definitely hurt from, um, you know, what, what perspired over the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, there's, there, there's really no way of getting around that. Um, Obviously, we're, we're we're professionals, and we're going to go out there and, and do our job, and I'm you know, going keep giving what I can every fi every fifth day that I go out there. But um, you know, when some of the things that are said that um, you know, for instance, basically basically put me in the forefront of, of the reason why we didn't make the postseason last year. That, I mean, that's something that probably doesn't need to be said. Corbin was not happy. No, um, this whole situation is just really unfortunate. You could hear it in his voice. You could see it in his face. And my question is, is it worth ruining a relationship with one of your guys over $750,000? The, the sad thing is the, the Brewers won the arbitration. Yes, I know. Meaning, but What do you win? You get $750,000, but you piss off a guy that now ruin, might want to leave? You ruin a relationship. Right. You want to feel when you're with an organization. And, and this is also like, I would imagine, a struggle for some athletes because you adapt – the team and the franchise and you want to feel like you're a part of it but it is still a business and you kind of forget that sometimes and we see that with trades with situations like this where players don't feel like they're getting paid what their value is but when it's something under a million dollars under a million dollars you are fighting over just pay the man make him happy it's only going to help you in the future the brewers they they blamed Corbin Burns Ridiculous. for not making the playoffs. Ridiculous. The audacity of the Brewers. He's your best player. Yeah. He's your best team. Yeah. You, you want to find out the reason for not making the playoffs? How about we start at the trade deadline where you shipped out your best reliever yeah. and your problem was offense and you did absolutely nothing and you decided to get worse at the trade deadline? Don't blame him. Mm -mm. Don't blame Corbin Burns for this. Unbelievable. It just pissed me off and it like – I feel like multiple times I find myself lately talking about owners and doing it the right way because there's teams out there that we're really getting to see. Like I can point to the teams that the owner is a fan and wants to win. Yeah. The Mets, the the Padres, yeah. the Dodgers, though they didn't have their typical offseason, the Dodgers clearly want to win and are willing to do it. And and the Braves, and they're all doing it in different ways, but you know they want to win. And then I can point to teams that don't. And I don't think the owners are in it for the right reason. And, and the Brewers have to be one of those to this point. I mean, congratulations on your $750,000. You're now going to probably lose Corbin Burns. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know for that. I, I don't know that to be a fact, but I can tell you he's not happy. Mm -mm. And it, it just is It's frustrating that a team and an organization really, to me, showed its true colors mm -hmm. by saying, okay, yeah, 
I'm an owner of a baseball team, but this is an investment for me. This is a money-making thing for me. Not, I want to I win, and I'm willing to do what it takes. Imagine, just imagine, a guy like Steve Cohen taking one of his best players to arbitration and just battering him over $750,000. It wouldn't happen. It's unheard of. What I'm curious about is, like, what are some of the things you think are said in these arbitration hearings? Because you're going to hear things that you can't take back. I know. I I've heard from a lot of guys. Um, <laughs> it's it's Brutal? really bad. Yeah. Um, I, I remember, um, I think Sean Casey has told this story publicly. Um, it's not anything bad on him. But I just remember hearing um, Sean Casey, who I, I played with my brother in Detroit, played kind of all over the place, and now does great stuff on TV. And I remember talking to him at one point. He was like, I went to arbitration, and we were outside of the room, and me and the organization were just chopping it up, having a blast, talking about winning games and some great stories. And then we went in there and they ripped me apart. Yeah. They made me feel like I was the worst baseball player of all time. I was literally almost in tears at how bad they were making me feel. And then we walked out and they were like, all right, man, like, can't wait to see you tomorrow. And it's just like, that's not how life works. No. Like that might be how that might be how you want to win in the courtroom, but that's not like how you treat a human being on your team that you want to be in a good place. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It just, it's bad in there. It gets and, bad. And for that reason, I don't see this Brewers Burns situation working out in the long run, especially if he heard things similar to that and you saw and heard his reaction at spring training. I, I now, I now hope it doesn't. Yeah. Not because I don't want to see Corbin Burns with the Brewers because I want him to prove a point in a way. Like, I would have loved to re-sign with you guys, but you ruined this relationship, and now yeah. I'm going to go elsewhere and shove against you guys for the rest of my life. Period. End of story. Um, yeah, I got a little heated there. No, you should. Pissed me off while I was gone, you know? Um, spring training is officially happening, yes, it Alex. Is. It is. Um, this is the first week. Everybody is there. Pitchers and catchers reported last week. Everybody is there now. Um, I'm loving it. I'm loving all the social media posts everywhere. I feel like every team now has like a TikTok initiative because I'm on TikTok and like every team is doing those like question things and yep. you're getting an up close look at these players. I'm I'm just like I'm in my happy place now. Baseball's happening, you know. So we need to do top five storylines. We do. And spring training's like where everybody has fun. It feels like summer camp. Like it's, I need to ask you. Yeah. I feel like. You have fun for like the first two weeks, and then it's oh. like we gotta go, right? No, it is. I feel like from the players, it's like okay, we gotta. Well, it's time to get the to the first season. two weeks. The players they're, they're playing a lot of golf, but again, once <laughs> the game starts, they're only playing like your everyday starters are only playing till the third, fourth inning, and then they're bouncing early because they got to catch their tea time somewhere. I love spring training. It is again, it is so fun. It is such a a playful energy vibe. Spirits are high because anything's possible. The season hasn't started yet. Everyone still has that hope and belief that, you know, might be them this year that wins the World Series. And you just really, it's really, really build those relationships, especially for me as a team reporter, being with the Angels for 10 years. You're with them all day, every day. You're usually in the same complex or hotel. So you see them at dinner, you see them in yeah. the morning, and you really do just build those relationships and stories. And everything's so close enough in Arizona where we were that you can go and see a couple different games a day, which is fun. I'll, I'll never forget Ian Kinsler who had a very long career and was recently on the show. Yeah. He just, a, a lot of the players will talk once they get to a certain point, it's like, okay, let's go. And Kinsler had it down to a science. He was like, 
I need, I think it was, I forget the exact number, but it's like, I need 47 at bats. Okay. I need 47 at bats, live VP in a game, whatever it is. And then I'm ready to go. I want to get to Detroit or wherever he was going. So, yeah. or Angel. Um, spring training has started. We're underway. Top five storylines that you need to know with spring training underway because it's not just a time for practice. There's also like some real questions going on here. And I'm going to start at number five with Jacob deGrom's health. Mm. Um, for me, that's this is a huge thing because it already was when when deGrom left the Mets and ended up signing with the Rangers. He's now with this new team. And the question I believe you and I talked about when yeah. we heard that was like, that's a lot of money in years for a guy that hasn't proven he can stay on the field for a full season, yeah. for a half season. Yeah. And now we hear the first day, the first week of spring training, it's Jacob deGrom has tightness in his left side and he's going to be pushed back a little bit. Yeah. The good news is if it all goes well, he could participate in team workouts Sunday. But still, it's the first yeah, it's like we're literally already having these. The calls. first week, it's the first <laughs> conversation that we're having about DeGrom, and it was the biggest concern when Texas made this huge investment on a player that can't stay healthy throughout an entire season. This is what I this is what I felt like it was with the Mets with Jacob DeGrom. You hear there's one little tweak that he's dealing with and he's not quite ready. Next thing you know, he's not pitching for half the season because it just never comes full circle and he never comes back to full health and just not what you want to hear. No, so let's keep an eye on it. And, and tightness is a big deal for a pitcher. You need to stretch it out like every single pitch for 80 to 100 pitches a game. Like it's True. it's a big deal. True. Maybe you should have stretched more before your first pitch. Maybe that was. Maybe that's <laughs> what it was. All right. Number four. If you haven't seen the video or even the picture of Alex throwing out a first pitch, it is a must. It's great. <laughs> All right. Number four storyline. The Atlanta Braves shortstop situation. Dansby Swanson, gone. He's a Chicago Cub. So what are the Braves going to do? Um, a lot of signs are pointing to Von Grissom being the guy. I know when, when they, they let him play a lot last year, and he got some good time in the big leagues last year, and it seemed like he was good. It seemed like he, he might be the future. But that immediately becomes very real when Dansby is out the door. And then it becomes, okay, we're all in on this guy. Where are they? They do have other options in camp. They have Orlando Arcia, who's been a starting shortstop in the big leagues for years. They have Danny Echeverria that's in camp on a non-roster uh, non invite. So is it going to be Von Grissom? That's a big storyline for me. I know they want it to be him, but it doesn't always work out that way. He looked good last year, but this is spring training, and he's not one of those guys that can afford to go into spring training and hit 115 and next thing you know he's still handed the starting job no there's other guys in camp so the Atlanta Braves are in a really good place to succeed but one of their big losses was Dansby Swanson that was that was their big loss and they obviously feel good about Von Grissom but can he be the guy and will he be the guy that's something I'm looking at in spring training yeah, I just feel like when you let someone as big as Dansby Swanson go, who is a core, who was such a core part of your team, I know, I know the Braves have their 
their deal is is getting young guys and building them up and making it happen. But I do feel like, especially at the shortstop position, you need someone in place that you know you can depend on that is going to be your guy after you let go of your previous number one guy. Yep. So keep an eye out there. Yeah. Dansby, the hometown kid. I know. Gone. Uh, probably the Braves let him go because they didn't sign him young enough. So they're like, we can't. We, we Seriously. Can't, we can't do it. You're now. over our old. age limit. You're over. They're Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, whoa. <laughs> Well, you know, he only dates like 25 and under. Is that bad? Is that it's kind of a thing? Yeah. A trending thing. Yeah. Just okay. flipping bats. You never yeah. know. Leo, who knew we'd bring him up? Uh, number three, Fernando Tatis. Uh, he will still be suspended for the first 20 games of the season, but he is in spring training and he can participate in spring training. So a lot going on here that I'm looking out for. The Padres are good <laughs> really good and they should be in the conversation to be a favorite of in the national league and they obviously have all these new guys Juan Soto still fairly new but he was there last year um, Manny Machado is going to be great and then you get Xander Bogarts and now you have Fernando Tatis who will come back but what kind of player is he going to be I know I know Fernando Tatis is going to be great anybody thinking well, he was taking he was taking steroids, performance enhancing. Will he still be a good baseball player? Stop it. Yes. The, to me, the question is: Has he grown up? Yeah. Can he turn his career around after making some very poor off the field decisions? Because as you said, we know he's a great player. That was never the discussion. It's just that hasn't been the topic of his conversation when his name comes up over the last two years. Yeah. So has he has he grown up the situation? There's multiple. Obviously, the performance enhancing drug situation, the motorcycle incident before the yeah. season started in the off season. It's like, come on, man. You had the potential and have the potential to be the, the bright young star in the game of baseball. And you sign your three hundred million dollar deal, like have a little accountability and just be a, be a little smarter. So has he grown up? Does he have the right people around him now? I think Nelson Cruz being there will be great for him. Mm -hmm. He's also changing a position, something I'll look for. Because to be quite honest with you, when I have seen him in the outfield in games before, before he got suspended, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't great. I mean, he's obviously a freak athlete. I think he can be great out there, but they probably put him out there a little too quickly. So now he's out there in spring training playing right field. He talked about playing right field the other day. He said, I'm loving it. I feel like this is going to be a very big part of my game this year. Asked what he enjoys about the position. He said, freedom to be the type of athlete that I am. He said, whatever spot needs to be filled, he'll be there. That's progress, I think, in terms of being a little more mature. That is. So can he play in the spring training games or just participate in I, the camp? I believe so. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's great for the Padres. It's not like he's coming in blind. He's going to have, if he can. Yeah. I mean, if I'm wrong there, somebody let me know in my ear. But yeah. I, I believe he's able to participate okay. and play in spring training games because, like, I don't know, he's there practicing yeah. with the team. So you'd – I don't know. Yeah. I guess we'll hear in a second. <laughs> they think I'm right. Great. So cool. I think he'll be in spring training games. Um, number two, Kodai Sanga and the New York Mets. We, we believe from what we've seen – that he's going to be a stud. We believe from what we've seen in Japan, in the WBC last time, that this guy's going to be really good. But all that changes when you get to big league camp. 
and you're using Major League Baseballs Mm -hmm. and you're facing Francisco Lindor in camp and all these studs in Major League Baseball in spring training games. So, yeah, the Mets have a great top two in the rotation, probably the best top two in baseball, which, by the way, look at this shirt. I just got this. How cool is that? What's it say? Who is it? It's two car. It says Amazing Aces. And oh, cool. It's Justin and Max as like ace, ace cards. Pretty cool. That's so those, rad. those are the top two in the rotation. But if you can get Kodai Senga to be what we believe he can be, I mean, the sky is the limit. So for me, when I, I when when the Mets start playing games, I'm going to be locked in on his starts because mm-hmm. from all accounts, he's going to be nasty. How does it translate to facing major league hitters? Well. We'll see. He's faced Pete Alonzo in spring training, and he had some pretty high remarks to say about him. Pete Alonzo said that of Kodai Senga's ghost forkball today, he faced it for the first time. He struck out twice, giving Senga big props for the unique pitch. Senga's response to that was perfect. So players have seen it now, and they're saying it's very unique. They haven't seen anything like it, and it's really good. The one thing that we all have to remember is that there will be an adjustment. This is a huge culture shock coming to a different country, speaking a different language. Even the game is a little different. Now, I remember watching this with Shohei Otani. Huge adjustment period in spring training. They eventually catch up quick. And then the other thing, Billy Epler, their GM was the Angels GM when he brought Shohei Otani over. And then now with... So he's been through it before. So he understands the process. I think that will help him a little. But he even said his biggest adjustment is going to be the steeper grade of the MLB mound. So everything from the language, the culture, the food, even the game is going to be an adjustment. So just keep that in mind that it is going to take time. It's not going to be right out of the gates. If it is, congratulations. That's awesome. But this is new. He's a great player but he's coming to a different country, a little different game, way different lifestyle. I mean, just imagine a a pitcher. The baseball is literally a different size from it was in Japan. When I went over and threw my perfect first pitch at 103 miles an hour, I believe it was like, it was an adjustment for me. You know, I really had Uh to to warm up Uh and make sure I was in a good place with that baseball because um, it was, it's definitely a big difference. So Kodai Senga and how he will do in spring training with the Mets for me is number two, which leaves my number one storyline to look out for is the New York Yankees question marks. Yeah. Coming into spring training, I felt like there was really only one, but I feel like I know what the Yankees are going to do at shortstop. They're probably going to start with with IKF and, and go from there. I would love – I'm excited to see Anthony Volpe as one of the top prospects in the game of baseball there, but – the shortstop position, are these young guys? Is, is Cabrera, Peraza, Volpe, how are they going to do in spring training? I'm excited to see that, but I'll tell you, Alex, this, this pitching rotation has quickly become a question mark for them. It seemed to be one of the top three rotations in the game of baseball. Now we hear Nestor Cortez out of the WBC because of a little tweak and He's apparently hoping to be okay and hoping to be good to go by the time the season starts, but that's not something you want to hear. And then Frankie Montas might not pitch this year. Uh, I mean, Boone did say that Montas could possibly return for the second half of the season, but he is getting surgeries, getting shoulder surgeries. Right. So that, that's going to take some time, especially when you're a pitcher. Way right. more time. So we'll chalk it up to a question mark. Oh, lots of questions. Which is what 
which is what I believe needs to be answered for the Yankees in spring training. Who's going to be your five guy? Who's is Nestor going to be okay? How's Anthony Volpe look? How's Cabrera and Peraza look? Cause they look pretty good when they were up in the big leagues last year. How's Isaiah Kiner for look? So Yankees having some question marks, not all bad, some good question marks, some bad question marks. But to me, the New York Yankees, it's not all set. They got some stuff to figure out, and will they and how will they do that throughout spring training is my number one spring training storyline. Um, b- but what better way to talk about that than to bring on friend of the pod before, Alex, we talked to her at during the World Series, yeah. I believe it was. Deisha has been all over, uh, been to Mets camp been to Yankees camp and my top two storylines were Mets and Yankees stuff. So let's bring on Disha now. So where, where are you right now? Which camp are you at? I'm in Tampa. I'm in one of these dark uh, rooms by myself at uh, the Yankees complex. Actually, they, they uh, just wrapped up. So it's been kind of a, a longer day here, but the, the Yankees seem to be sort of uh, getting a slower start to spring training uh, compared to Mets. Uh, it's not, as structured and and all of that, I think that a lot of that has to do with Buck Walter running the show at Mets, whereas here it's more of the same guys, not as much of a newer team. Uh, so there certainly are are some differences uh, already in, in both camps. I am very, very familiar with that complex. They were in the Florida State League when I was, and I felt like we were playing the Yankees every other day. So I've been in that stadium a million times. So let's start with the Yankees. I don't know if you were on yet when I was going through my storylines for the Yankees this year and my question marks, but let's start with, let's start with the pitching. And I guess, first off the, the less worrisome of the pitching news they've gotten so far is Nestor Cortez. How is he doing? Is he looking okay? Will he be good to go? Yeah. Nestor Cortez is really, really not worried about, about this injury. He is definitely minimizing it as is Yankees, a manager, Aaron Boone. Uh, I think personally time will tell. I'm always a little skeptical about especially uh, spring injuries after dealing with years of Jacob deGrom um, saying that it's really no big deal and it turning into something else entirely. Uh, so I think this is more of a we'll see situation, but there's definitely not as much concern coming from a Nestor Cortez as there is for a guy like Frankie Montas who is about to have surgery. So with the Frankie Montas situation, for me, when I heard that, my first thought goes to, well, that's not good. And my second thought goes to, why now? Why why have they waited all this time? Did they really not know that he needed surgery? I mean, what took so long? Yeah, exactly. And those are answers that they, the Yankees are honestly refraining from giving up <laughs> so far. It's it's a, a huge question mark, but just thinking about it, of course, it has to do with trying not to get that surgery. They were putting it off as long as possible, knowing the awful media storm also that this would cause. And a lot of that already negative attention coming to the rotation and the question marks surrounding that. They, Of course, the Yankees wanted to avoid this topic as long as possible. Uh, but but again, it, it is really a troubling sign that this was not addressed earlier. And remember, when, he, when uh, Montez joined the Yankees at the trade deadline, uh, he was already coming with an injury. So uh, this is really every way you look at it until the Yankees speak more on it, a, a failure on the Yankees' part, uh, everything that led up to this surgery and, and really from the moment that uh, they traded for him. Is there, a, is there a worry that this could be a full season thing or do they truly believe that they can have him back at some point in the second half. 
Uh, it's hard to say. I think they truly want to believe uh, that they'll get him back in the second half. And really, it'll all depend on his rehab and his progress. And every situation there is certainly different uh, with every pitcher. Personally, I would be surprised if, if he pitched this year. Uh, I think it it really would take a, a need from the rotation. Shoulders to push are scary, too. Exactly. And and I think at that point, uh, they might just have to turn their attention and elsewhere. If we're talking at the trade deadline, they might get better arms from that scenario rather than hoping for a late season bounce back from Montes, who really has barely had any success at all with with this new team. As as just hearing with about injuries with pitchers, you would much rather hear elbow than shoulder and. I I just every time I hear it's a shoulder I worry with a pitcher and I hope I mean I I hope he's back pitching this year at some point but I guess nobody knows and, and time will tell there um Deja for me another another question mark for the Yankees for me it might not be for them but is is the shortstop position and it's a question mark almost in a good way like okay you have your option you have IKF that could play there you have Cabrera that came up and and, and did well and then you have one of the best prospects in the game of baseball in my opinion who I'm really excited about in Anthony Volpe so what's going on with the Yankees at the shortstop position in spring training yeah and I, I what the message that the Yankees are pushing out so far is throwing out all of those three guys that you mentioned right it's going to be a mix of IKF they're saying a little of Cabrera a little of Volpe during camp and and these three are sort of competing for that position uh personally I think we're going to see IKF starting a shortstop yeah. on opening day uh it would have to be just a lot of impressiveness coming from those other two guys in camp to sort of alter that decision but certainly we're going to see that trio having a mix at shortstop during the year and and I think Volpe of course is has that ceiling that sort of unknown talent and it gets really fans really excited about him um so it would be nice if he could excel at that position but then again like you said it's it's really not a pro bad problem because yeah. IKF also has a lot to prove and and fans certainly would not be angry if if he bounced back and had a better season that he had last year so really it's it's a little unknown at shortstop but but it's not exactly a, a bad problem um on the other side of the state I guess really Port St. Lucie you were there just the other day uh, at the Mets camp did you say hi to Justin did you talk to Justin there <laughs> yeah, we we said hi quickly, but he wasn't really around, and I wasn't there for long. So there's definitely some more work to be done there. But it's good. I I really like the way that he's settling into this new team. There's always I remember with Scherzer coming in uh, to the Mets last year, and, and there's a lot of these awkward moments, and we don't, don't really know a lot of guys. But already he's he's made himself really available and present, and bringing sort of this positive energy, and it's definitely been good to see. Well, he just turned the big 4-0 on Monday, 40 years old. I asked him how it felt, and he said, literally like all the other ones, I'm still in the same routine, spring training, I feel great. It's just like the other 19 years have felt. So um, I, think, <laughs> I think he's doing good down there. But um, I read something you put together, and I, I'd like you to explain a little bit about this, where um, – Steve Cohen made himself available to the media and you said in a 20 minute conversation, he mentioned the fans seven times. What, what was that like? And, and what, what, what did you mean by that? Yeah. So he, he did. I mean, it, it was constantly sort of when you ask Steve Cohen, what, 
is he doing here? What's his long-term vision? All these questions that come, especially from not just the richest owner in baseball, but he's also the most fascinating. And uh, I found it interesting that this is really important to him. What drives him is the Mets fan base. And uh, of course, a lot of that has to do with Steve Cohen being a fan of the Mets himself since he was a child since he even knew what baseball was. Uh, So I think that that's important here where that he, because he grew up being that fan of the same team that he is now owning, uh, he kind of knows what gets Mets fans ticking and uh, what he's bringing now that other owners are not is this connection, uh, not just to fans, but to players. He he really brings the same energy uh, throughout camp, no matter who he's talking to. It can be shaking uh, players' hands, taking selfie with fans uh fans I, I really like the fans are already showing up to camp with uh his his face on their shirts and calling him <laughs> uncle Steve. and he really ultimately comes off as an ally to the Mets fan base rather than what we see a lot in professional sports of sort of hating on the player and, and they're the bad guy here and really it no it, it all starts from top down uh at Mets camp and and he's certainly setting the tone in that way of his commitment to the the Mets fan base have you been to a Mets uh uh, spring training over the last couple of years or no before this year yes okay yes. so S- steve said the vibe is different this year is that is that just something he's saying or can you feel that too i can feel it too uh, i think this was also a, a direct shot at a, a jacob de was how i uh interpreted it Ooh, because interesting. that uh, yeah that incredible vibes um quote was related to a question about um, a Jacob deGrom and that offer. And he uh. was sort of like, listen, I don't want to talk about that, but the vibes are great here. So, and, and of course, like it, Mets fans are very familiar with deGrom's grouchiness. And uh, he, that was sort of part of, of who he is as a player, especially at the Mets. So um, taking that personality out of the clubhouse uh, has made a difference and to me, definitely, because I've spent so much time with the the team and I've seen what what that can do to a clubhouse. But I think it was interesting that that Steve Cohen mentioned it too. So uh, he's bringing in players like uh, your brother, Justin Verlander, and of course, all the other guys he added have that same just culture, the positivity. I think it really makes a difference, not just from players in the clubhouse, but also uh, sort of everyone else that he's surrounding himself with. Last one for you. Kodai Sanga, um, supposed to be really good. Question marks obviously always will come about when you have a guy transitioning from Japan to America or vice versa because it is, it's a different game and it's a different literal baseball. So how is Kodai Sanga doing? How is he doing talking to the media? How's he doing pitching on the mound? Did you get to talk to him? Just put me in that world and let me know how he's doing down there. Yeah, the Kodai Senga is, is, I mean, he's so hilarious and so friendly too and really welcoming. I always think about how hard it must be for him to not just transition to a new team completely, but a new culture, new food, new languages. Uh, Even I I liked what Pete Alonso said that he wants to teach Senga not just the good words, but the bad words in English too. And (laughs) that's sort of how I think the the clubhouse is even approaching. It's a very welcoming clubhouse. And I think with that, 
that respect, he's going to fit right in. And and he does speak a little English. I, I He's really not just trying, but trying to bring that part of uh, his language barrier to the forefront. If you ask him a question in English, he does have his interpreter right there next to him in case he is need some words filled in here or there, but I've especially liked when he answers in English. And uh, I, that not just connects, of course, with the fan base, but it shows that this guy is trying to to really make an effort here to just fit right in to to not just, of course, the Mets, but in New York. It's it's so tough as a new player uh, to cross that boundary and immediately become a fan favorite. And I can already see that Senga is developing uh, sort of into that fan favorite. I know Pete said he wants to teach him the good words as well, but as a guy that shared a locker room with about 50% other guys that did not speak the same language, I assure you it's mostly just the bad words being relayed back and (laughs) forth to each other. Um, Disha, thank you so much for joining me. Um, Before you go, what's, what's next? I just read the Steve Cohen article. Um, Everybody can follow her on Twitter, Twitter at Disha Thosar. What's coming out next for you? What are you working on? Oh, I just filed it. So good timing uh, of why Aaron Judge is not playing in the World Baseball Classic. Notice, of course, there are so many of baseball's biggest stars playing for Team USA, especially with Mike Trout joining this year. Um, So it was interesting to me. And a little obvious, too, of, of why he wouldn't want to. But, yeah, that that is what's coming out next. And you can catch it on FoxSports.com. Can we get a sneak peek here? What's one reason? <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. One of the reasons was that he just feels a little like the wild offseason uh, combined with his last year, what happened with the 62 home runs, uh, was a lot. <laughs> and so he wants to have sort of a relaxing spring as well as his bigger reason is that he wants to spend time as the captain, of course, the newest oh, yeah. captain, uh, teaching and kind of getting to know the younger prospects, showing them what they do here. Um, Judge has been described as like sort of a mo- mother hen uh, around Yankees camp in that way of, of welcoming everyone. So he just wants to sort of continue doing exactly that where the WBC would take him away from from doing that. That makes a lot of sense, really. So uh, I'll go read that article. Everybody should go read it. Disha is great. She's often on the show. So Disha, thank you so much for joining me. Of course. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Of course. See ya. I, the, the Degrom. I that that was the one thing that like <laughs> stood out to me because culture in a clubhouse you. in a locker room can either make or break a team, and you usually see championship teams. I've been around across all different sports: baseball, football, soccer, hockey. Championship teams have this special, unconditional support bond Mm -hmm. in the locker room and clubhouse where everybody has to buy in and everybody has to believe in one another and have this kind of uplifting we can do this let's do whatever it takes attitude and just hearing Disha explain the Mets clubhouse Mm -hmm. it was kind of the missing piece of what we needed to hear if like we see that they have the roster they got the guys they're spending the money they got the owner they got the GM the vibe is there the locker room camaraderie and the energy is there. That's huge. That's huge. That is huge. Um, it's exciting. Yeah, that was great. Uh, WBC, Aaron Judge, her article there. Um, we knew he wasn't going to play, but we didn't exactly know why. So glad she said that. Um, we knew DeGrom was never scheduled to play, but a little WBC update, not the best update in the world. Yeah. Two guys that were supposed to play, 
Clayton Kershaw and Nestor Cortez are not pitching for Team USA in the WBC. And I'm going to be I'm going to be honest, Alex. I I know. I am I am worried. I I know Um, because that was your one big concern for Team USA was the pitching. Was they just lost a couple of their top guys? I mean, those were yeah, Yeah. those are their. I mean, Kershaw and, and and Nestor. I know. So now the rotation, there's still good arms. Let's not get yeah. carried away. But it just the gap with the pitching between the Dominican and Team Japan and their pitching staff yeah. and Team USA's just got just got further apart. So I might have to I know we're gonna do a big WBC she WBC show, um, probably right around when it starts. We're we're going hard there. Yeah. But I might I might have to change who I have winning it all. Well, can we see? I think we might have a graphic of who USA's starting pitchers are right now. Oh. So look at that. Yeah. What do you think? I, I think that that leaves a lot of room for... Do you want to name those off for our yeah, we got listening audience? Adam Wainwright, Brady Singer, Miles Michaelis, Nick Martinez, Lance Lynn, and that's one through five, but there's also yeah. Merrill Kelly and Kyle Freeland. So... Look, I've been on this page the whole time. I feel like when people talk about Team USA in this tournament, they say, well, Team Dominican is is way better because of their pitching. And I do agree the roster is better, but you mean to tell me that any one of these good big league pitchers can't go out and, like, shut down another lineup? Of course they can. So, And then you look at the, the Team USA bullpen, that's – incredible i mean devin williams and ryan presley as as an eight nine in the, in the bullpen is is insane so i'm not quite on the same wave of like team usa's pitching is terrible it's a huge weakness it's obviously not as good as the dr but it's it's fine and is it enough to to win it all well that just got a little more complicated but they do have one of the best lineups and batting order and if they give their pitching staff a big enough cushion which they can they got a lot of power in that lineup I think they'll be fine my one worry is team USA against the Dominican yeah and if Sandy Alcantara lines up a lines up on pace to face team USA he can shut down the team USA lineup that is the best lineup maybe ever and there's nobody there's nobody on, on this list right here, one through seven, that I look at and say, well, that guy can shut down Rafael Devers and that insane lineup. But remember, we're still kind of in the spring training time window, yeah. so they're not going to go super deep. Right, so Sandy's not going to throw so nine innings. No, it's what, like three three or four innings maybe if, at that If point? they face each other, it would be later in the tournament. So I could see him going three. four – I wouldn't Maybe. push it. Yeah, not before the but season. But that would be right before the season. So he's going to yeah. have to get built up. Yeah. So that could be a world in which we see four, and if he can keep Maybe his pitch five. count down, maybe five innings, because yeah. that might be his last start before opening day. Maybe it'll probably be around the 20th if they face each other of March. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. But it, it just gets a lot more complicated and something you don't want to hear. I want to see Clayton Kershaw pitch for his country. You know, like, that'd be so cool. But you do have to protect yourself. And you have to protect your body, your livelihood. And as it, it all came out that it happened over some insurance premium issue with Kershaw. He's healthy. Yeah. It's not because he can't pitch. you got to protect yourself as yeah. an athlete, especially at this point in the season. And someone like Kershaw, who has dealt with a lot of injury throughout his career and has had so much previous 
issues with injury. Yeah. So it, it's understandable from his side. But this is also growing pains, not for – I mean, the WBC isn't brand new, but it's still in the early stages of being a massive yeah. worldwide tournament. And these are some of the issues that you face and growing pains that you face and things that you need to learn for the next tournament. you got to take care of your players. If you want these major league players to compete and participate – and leave spring training, you got to take care of them close to how they're taken care of in Major League Baseball. So two very different reasons for these guys not participating, both of them very upset that they're not able to. Nestor Cortez with the, the little tweak injury to his hamstring won't be able to participate. And Clayton Kershaw, as Alex mentioned, the insurance issue, if you will. But you look at it, and it totally makes sense. Yeah. He couldn't he couldn't get his salary insured if he were to get hurt in the WBC. Meaning if he got hurt in WBC, he goes from making millions and millions to maybe nothing. Yeah. Do you, can't do, that. do you blame him? No. no. And he was pretty emotional talking about it, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's completely understandable. Um, so big topic there, Kershaw and Nestor out of the WBC. It is now bat giveaway time. Um, the winner of the last bat giveaway was Andrew Patterson. So congratulations to him for sending in that email. The bat is on the way. If not on the way, it will be there soon, but we have another one to give away. I believe there are three more to still give away, meaning I have a new email address to give to you all to send in a bat. And I will read that off right now. The email is wbcfanatic37 at gmail.com. That is wbcfanatic at gmail.com. I feel like I'm like a like a auctioneer, you know? Like Yeah, kind of. That is yeah. You yeah. are. You're giving away a bat. Not speaking this fast, but yeah, that's true. So again, what you need to do. You're listening now. That's a great start. Take a screenshot that you are subscribed to the podcast. Wherever you listen, um, take a screenshot. If you're on Apple, it's that little plus up in the top right. Just take a screenshot that you're subscribed. Send that screenshot to the email wbcfanatic37 at gmail.com, and you could win. Is it up here? I don't think it's up here right now. But they are, they're really, really cool. It's a custom one of six bat. It says flipping bats on it. Um, it's an actual really nice baseball bat. It's 34 inches. I think it's 34-30. Like, it really is sick. So congratulations to Andrew. Congratulations to our previous winners. And good luck to everybody else along the way. You know what time it is? <sighs> what time is it? Well, we've made, our, we've made our way around the infield. Last show, we made our way in the outfield. It is time for our catcher tears. The outfield was tough. That was tough. There was a lot. I know. We could have probably broken it up to left field, center field, right field, but we made the decision to just like, here you go. Here they all are. Yeah. But now let's go behind the plate. All right. Let's talk about the catchers. And we're going to start with elite. Who you got in the elite tier? I have one. Just one. One elite catcher. And his name uh is JT Realmuto. He's the best catcher in the game. He is. And... He has been for a few years now. He does it all. He's great offensively. He is unbelievable defensively. He throws out more guys than anybody else. I mean, he is the full package. He's also fast, 
Remember in the playoffs last year, we saw his inside the park home run. I'm sure he sent a nice little gift to Ronald Acuna there in right field <laughs> for that. But he's fast. He steals bases. He's great on offense. He's great on defense. He is the definition of the full package as a catcher. And when I think catchers, it's he's one of one. And that's why I have yeah. him in the elite category on his own as the only elite catcher in the game of baseball. Yeah, he was so impressive in the postseason. We got a front row seat to it, too. In the, so good. The NLCS in the World Series, very impressed. Yep. He, he does it all. All right, let's move on to almost elite, just two guys. Almost, almost elite, there are only two. Um, Adley Rutschman and Will Smith. I love Adley. I I I am all in on the Adley Rutschman hype train and I was before he got called up to the big leagues and then he finally did last year and he did not disappoint. In fact, as a guy with as much hype as he had since the day he got drafted to come up and to be as good as he was as a rookie for the Orioles and legitimately, you can look at the Orioles season last year and point to a day where their season turned around and they became great and they put themselves in playoff contention. And it was the day that Adley Rutschman came up and the pitchers speak so highly of him. Offensively, we see how good he is. Adley is on the rise. And I would, I would bet, I would bet my bottom dollar that he's in the elite category next year. That's impressive. It is. It is. Your face also just like lit up as you said his name, which you can tell means yeah. like, you're excited. There's a lot of potential for this guy, and we all saw it. I just we all got a front row seat to it. I really like. Uh, this was the first time he went out to catch. If you're watching, you can kind of see there was a video of him that when he walked out to home plate, he walked out of the dugout in his catcher's equipment, took off his mask, and just looked around yeah. and smiled. And it was so. I mean, it's it was just so cool. And to see the way he went about his first year in pro in, in the majors was awesome. And I'm a really big fan of. As a, as a guy that loves the game and wants to grow the game of baseball, what Adley Rutschman does on the field and off the field, he has a great presence on social media. He's on TikTok. He's on Instagram. He's doing it all. I think that's what the game needs. More guys like that. Julio's doing. There's a lot of these younger guys that are very active, and I think that's important when it comes to the long-term success and growth of the game that has been my entire life. So, yeah, maybe that's why my face lit up. I don't know. I, 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 I mean, I just got chills watching this video because it does it means so much it's a moment that you spend your entire life working towards and then yeah. you finally get there and then to have a rookie season like he did is it, it's it's what you dream of yeah absolutely will smith is the other name uh -huh. here los angeles dodgers i mean we've all seen this firsthand in, in the playoffs and for 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 instance the dodgers over the last couple of years have had the best lineup that the best lineup in baseball. It's been insane. And then you'd fast forward to the playoffs and they have Will Smith hitting fourth. And it's like, what? Will Smith is batting fourth and fifth in this lineup? And then you watch him do damage in the playoffs and it's like, yeah, yeah. you're dang right he's hitting fourth or fifth. And and guess what? He's a catcher as well. He had 260 last year with 24 homers, 87 RBIs. So Will Smith is absolutely one of the best catchers in the game. And if it weren't for, I just think, I just think there's a, a good little gap between JT Real Muto and the I, rest. But I, there's an what? I was going to say, how, how, what makes him not elite? Because Will, Will Smith definitely, if there's going to be someone joining the elite category, it's Will Smith. Well, he's, he's not as good as JT Real Muto. 
So I didn't feel like putting putting them in the same category was right. And I didn't feel like JT Realmuto was worthy of the Trout treatment where I gave Trout his enti- uh, his own. Okay. In a league of his own. You, you thought he was, okay. Trout's okay. in a league of, yeah. Trout is. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know that. And JT Realmuto is as a catcher. I do believe there's a, a good little gap. So um, I, I just put, I put Adley and Will Smith in that category that's almost elite. And right. you'll be shocked to hear that two of the producers on the show that are Dodgers fans disagree. Oh, I would have never guessed that. Mm-hmm. Just told me in my ear. Yep. Let's uh where are we going next? What's the next category? Um, we are going to really good and we've got ten guys in really good. This is where the this is where we, it gets juicy. We got really good and then pretty solid next. I'll name them off first, then we'll go through them. Sean Murphy, new Braves acquisition. Cal Raleigh. Um, I think that's a a name that a lot of people might not know yet that that you need to big dumper. Uh, I feel like everyone really got to know that name towards the so. end of the regular season. I hope so. Last led, year, led catchers in in home runs last year. Salvi Perez, kind of on the downside, the back end of his career, very much so on the back end of his career, but still very productive. Um, and friend of the podcast, Salvador Perez, Travis Darno, um, Alejandro Kirk, Wilson Contreras, Jose Trevino. William Contreras, MJ Melendez, and Jonah Heim of the Texas Rangers are all the names that I have in this really good category. Alejandro Kirk, obviously, maybe not obviously, first time all-star last year, voted in by the fans, got a ton of votes, good for him there. Wilson Contreras, new St. Louis Cardinal, that's big. Been a Cub his entire life and was part of that core. Mm-hmm. Last guy of the core to be moved, and he has now moved to the St. Louis Cardinals. Jose Trevino, first-time All-Star last year with the New York Yankees. William Contreras on the move, now with the Brewers. How did he end up on the Brewers? It was the craziest trade of all time, but he is there. <laughs> MJ Melendez, the future for the Kansas City Royals at the catcher position. They have two catchers in this category, but he can also play Third base, he can play outfield. He's very versatile. He's really good. And Jonah Heim with the Rangers is the future at their catcher position, I believe, as well. So a lot of names in here. Yeah. Sean Murphy, probably the biggest one that I, I really want to talk about because okay. that was the Braves' big move this offseason, was. was trading for him. And he's one of the bright young stars in the game at the catcher position, which isn't easy to come by. A catcher that can be really good defensively and can also put up numbers offensively he did well last year 250 18 homers 66 rbis out of the catcher position you will take that absolutely so big acquisition there and um yeah you mentioned you mentioned cal raleigh yeah you're right big dumper people learn the name he's got the nickname big dumper because he has a big butt that's what that was so funny but he also had really (laughs) big moments he had really big moments at the end of the season i like big dumper more than big moments all right yeah but you're right. Yeah. Uh, he hit that big home run that clinched yeah. the playoffs for them. Basically, He ended in a way. Probably one of the cooler recent moments in Seattle baseball history, watching yeah. that and seeing the, like, the whole stadium erupt. So when you look at his numbers last year, 211, 27 homers, 63 RBIs, you think, what? 211? Cal Raleigh got off to an abysmal start last year one of those starts that you can't really climb out of average wise so I don't look at that number and say well Cal Raleigh is never going to hit for like 211 is terrible no 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 he just got out to a start that he couldn't recover from they sent him down he came back up and he was great 
very productive 27 home runs out of the catcher spot i'm very excited for the future and what cal raleigh has to hold and those are my really good catchers all right let's move on to pretty solid 11 guys in this category pretty pretty, pretty solid run through them real quick here we got martin maldonado eric haas christian vasquez danny jansen carson kelly tyler stevenson Joey Bart, Austin Nola, Nick Fortes, and Kybert Ruiz. Martin Maldonado is the guy here for me that I really need to talk about because same. I contemplate. I really thought about this. Okay, good because I'm confused as to why you don't have him in really good. I I there is an argument to have Martin Maldonado in any category from almost elite to the rest. He yeah. could be anywhere. And he's kind of depending on what season you're looking at, what, what you've, what you value. Yeah. And if, if Martin Maldonado were not in the Houston Astros lineup, I don't like, I I don't think if Martin Maldonado goes to a few other teams that he's going to start for them. The Astros lineup is so deep and so good that you don't mind the lack of offensive production that he brings, which is not, it's not good. He's not good offensively, but he's here and needed to be talked about because what he does with the pitching staff, Mm -hmm. what he does behind the plate is some of the best in baseball. It's unbelievable. So when I look at a catcher, I don't just want to look at offensive numbers, but we can't deny the offensive numbers that they, they're not good. In fact, it's, it's pretty bad, but he did have some, he had some clutch hits in the playoffs last year. He did. But the reason he's here and I believe needed some acknowledgement is because everybody loves throwing to him. He's great. He transforms a pitching staff. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of value in that. There is. There really is a lot of value in that. But I just I, – I really was kind of at a conundrum of where where to put him. Is that not the most important thing, though, is to be able to connect and transform a pitching staff? Not to mention – Okay, World Series champ, but he led the American League in both putouts in assists as a catcher. Finished in top five in AL and caught stealing in a th- in the third straight season. So you're right. He is he is probably one of the best offensively. At, uh, he is the number show at his position and helping the guy on the mound have his best performance. I was at a very big conundrum with this and and. You're right. And for the first time in the history of these tiers, I'm going to change this. Woo! We put out the graphic. When the graphic goes out on social, we'll just did it. You're right. Thank you. And and that's why he was even here to begin with, because at the catcher position, it's not offensive value. That's the only thing you have to take into consideration. So, yeah, I was all over the map here. So, yeah, you're right. We'll bump him up. He's really good? He's really good. All right. And, it, and that, all, that all comes from his defensive. All defense. All, it's all defense. Well, and his connection with the pitcher. Well, yeah. 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 His behind-the-plate prowess. Yes. So, um, yeah. The other names on here, Eric Haas with the Detroit Tigers, appears to be like he could be um, a, a staple for the, the Tigers in the future. He looks to be pretty good. Christian Vasquez has been all over the place in the last few years. Red Sox, then to the Astros, won a World Series there, now with the Minnesota Twins. Danny Jansen, pretty solid. Carson Kelly and the Arizona Diamondbacks, um, I think hasn't quite lived up to the hype. Tyler Stevenson, Joey Bart. Joey Bart, he's here and pretty solid. 
and that's a disappointment. Joey, Joey Bart was tabbed to be the future and the replacement of Buster Posey, mm-hmm. right? And that's a tough title to have thrown at you. Buster Posey was there for a long, long time in San Francisco, won a bunch of championships. Joey Bart drafted high, catcher, comped to comparison to Buster Posey. I mean, it's all there. He wasn't good. He wasn't good last year. 215, 11 homers, 25 RBIs. I need to see a big step forward from Joey Bart, and um, and that is possible. We could see that, but last year wasn't great. It was just uh, pretty pretty solid. Mm-hmm. And then you have Austin Nola, who if the Padres could take back that trade, sending Andres Munoz and Ty France to the Mariners for Austin Nola, they would. But he had a he's decent. Nick Fortes and Kybert Ruiz, who is a big pickup for the Nationals. So we'll see. Those are all the names there. And that rounds out my catcher tiers. All of the rest are in a category aptly named the rest. The rest. That's it. I'm just happy I got one moved up. You did. I did. You did. Thank you. I was on the fence, and you pushed me. Boom. You pushed me over. Got it. Um, From these catchers that are all very good and, and major leaguers and are doing big things, too, to another something that um, has become fairly important to me. And if you don't follow me on Twitter, you might not know what I'm talking about, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain it here. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my, my best here to explain this. But there is a catcher from Uganda named Dennis Kasumba who is one of the hardest workers I have ever, have ever seen. And he's put on, putting all of his work on social media. You see him. These, there's a few clips that have gone viral of him catching and doing catcher drills in the rain in in Uganda and he has a 189 pop time which is better than MLB average by the way um he puts in work we see him there's videos of him hitting off of a makeshift tee that is made out of dirt basically um so I've almost made it my my mission to help him he reached out to me uh on Twitter and direct messages just saying Thank you for um, thank you for sharing sharing what my work sometimes it, if there's um, if there's anything more you could ever do um, or, or basically if there's anything more you could share sharing his videos he's very appreciative and I kind of just I I want to help this guy yeah. I I have a platform now on social media that you know it's a hundred and some thousand people could see it and there's a lot of college coaches and a lot of coaches and professional baseball people that follow me so. I sent out a, a tweet the other day with a with a screenshot from from myself and him saying this guy is the real deal and here is my exact tweet. I wanted to spread awareness. My man, uh, his Twitter handle is Kasumba Dennis Four is one step closer to accomplishing his dream of playing Major League Baseball. He is a catcher from Uganda and has a 189 pop time. He is a stud. If any colleges or coaches see this, reach out to him or to me. To pass along and I attached a video below his his direct message to me was good day sir hope all is well I would like to share some good news with you I got possible links to the embassy where someone inside is willing to help me get my visa but my main challenge is getting the invitation from any college now is it possible to help is it possible to help get for me a college willing to send me the invitation letter I can present at the embassy thanks so much I sent out that tweet, and my DMs have been – it's been pretty cool, the response that it's getting. That's awesome. I, I, I did a deep dive on your whole 
situation and tweets on this oh, you did. yesterday. Cool. Yeah. And just seeing people's responses. This is where social media does some great work sometimes, where you can bring awareness and help a human out who might not have the same access that we all have. Um, what is his exact goal here? Like, next step, try to get signed by a college or get into a college to then play college baseball? Would that be the next yes, step? that's his next step. Okay. And his, his goal, as he's been very vocal of, yeah. is he wants to be the first major league catcher from Uganda. Yes. And um, I, if we're being realistic about the situation, the next step would be, like, a smaller junior college. Yeah. Which would be awesome. Like, he, don't expect – I'm not expecting, like – LSU to be like, yes, you get a scholarship. No, there's like, there's real education things that need to happen here. So from the coaches that have reached out to me, Mm -hmm. a lot of the questions are about age and his education level. And, and it's high enough for him to come to the U S which he told me, which is great. So I, I think there's some real interest here from community colleges, multiple, and they've been honest with me saying it's not going to be easy, but we are going to try our best because we love him. We love his work ethic, and he's the kind of guy that we want to have around, which is just really, really cool. Great work. Thanks. I feel like it's That's just awesome. the beginning, but I'm trying. It's, it's all you can do. Yeah. So Here's little guardian angel right now. He has a, a big fan in myself and hopefully many others along this journey. So, um, yeah, hope maybe one day he'll be in those catcher tiers. That'd be cool. All right, you know what time it is. Your favorite game in the world. Name <laughs> that team. Where Alex will give me, um, I think we're still doing infield. Yeah, we're still doing, yeah. Still infield. Catcher, I will baseman, get catcher, first baseman, second baseman, third base, and shortstop where they were drafted out of. Either the high school in the state or the college they were drafted out of or the country that they came over from. So, And I will have to try and guess which team this infield belongs to. So... It's not easy, but I've been pretty good so far. You've been very good. Are you ready? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's I'm get ready. started. Okay. Team number one. Catcher out of Panama. First base out of Mexico. Second base out of Maryland. Shortstop, Dominican Republic. And third base out of Cuba. Name that team. As of right now, I have no idea. Oh, I thought you knew. The look on your face was like, oh, yeah, I got that. No, I don't know. I read that wrong. Panama, I don't know. Mexico, there's only a few options. My giveaway here was probably Maryland, and I don't know it. Dominican at shortstop does me no good at all. I mean, that could be. Okay, Cuba third base, though. Um, I'm going to... Cuba third baseman. 30 seconds. I believe Yoan Mankata is Cuban. I'm going to shot in the dark guess the White Sox. Uh-uh. No? The Rays. The Rays? Yeah. The double buzzer yeah. here. That was aggressive. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. I mean, in hindsight, that makes <laughs> Yeah. Now, now that you know, once you know, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. duh. Okay. That's okay. All right. We can turn things around. Oh, for one. Ready? Yep. Team number two, catcher out of Puerto Rico. Oh, my God. First baseman out of Puerto Rico. Second baseman out of Dominican Republic. Shortstop also out of Puerto Rico. And uh, third baseman, high school out of California. Name that team. Mm. You got this. Do I? I believe in you. Do I have this? A lot of Puerto Rico here. California high school guy at third 
we got no <sighs> this is tough um 30 seconds 30 seconds okay so, high school third base california I'm gonna. No, it's not that. <sighs> no. Yeah. I don't know it. Come on, ten Give seconds. Give ten something. Seconds. Okay. Puerto Rico all over the field. Name it. Um, Two, one. Mm, Spit it out. I don't know. Twins. Poster. It is. Twins. Twins. Man, these are tough. I know. Oh man. It's okay. It's not okay. It's I need gonna to be, be okay. This is the toughest one. Yeah. Well, maybe you'll get the last one. Bring it on. Okay. Team number three. Okay. Ready? Yep. Catcher at a University of North Carolina. First base at Auburn. Second base out of Venezuela. Shortstop. Westchester University of Pennsylvania. And third base out of Dominican Republic. Name that team. Catcher, North Carolina, first base, Auburn. I need to get this. Catcher, UNC. God, I wish it was South Carolina. My South Carolina knowledge is off okay, the Okay, keep going, keep going. First base, Auburn. Second base, Venezuela. Westchester University of Pennsylvania? <laughs> what? <laughs> um... 30 seconds. Where did... I don't think Joey... Joey Bart didn't go to North Carolina, did he? I don't think so. Try not to react. I'm going to guess... <sighs> no, that's not right. That's not right. Five seconds. <sighs> Three... Two. I'm gonna. Is it the Giants? No, it's Marlins. Marlins. Yeah. Stop with the double buzzer. Yeah. Aggressive. Uh, it's okay. Oh, for three. This is, a, this is a tough one. Yeah. This is my. This since we've started this, name yeah. that player or name that team. This is okay. my. This is my worst week. It was definitely a fail. Yeah. You definitely flunked today, but that's okay. You've gotten A's a lot of other weeks. You're average. You're you're just like you're balancing out the average. Mm -hmm. Let's look at the positive today. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of them. You tried. Not a lot of them. You I did, did your try. best. I did try my best. Um, okay. That was tough. Yeah. That's probably close to the end of infield. I think we've yeah. done most of it. So we're probably going to transition to outfield here yeah. pretty soon. Thank God. It's okay. That's got, that was getting tough. Went out with a bang. All right. Name that team in the books. 0 for 3 today. Good luck to all, my, all, all the TikTok people that yeah, claim they know every single it. one. Good luck. Good luck. All right. Extra innings. This is kind of a cool story. It is. Um, manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, John Schneider, in a restaurant. Yeah. The other night. And somebody started choking. And he went and saved their life. I mean, just a do-it-all kind of guy. Goes over, saves a woman's life who was choking in the restaurant, gave the Heimlich maneuver. Here's the tweet right here from... CNN International. This was national news. International news, one yeah. would say. Toronto Blue Jays manager John Schneider was at a restaurant when he noticed a woman at a nearby table was choking on her food. 
So he went to her rescue and performed the Heimlich maneuver. I mean, I know. Great, great for him. Um, I have a story. You go first. So do I. That woman was once me. Well, oh, you were the one being saved. I was once the person (gasps) being saved via the Heimlich maneuver in a restaurant. Oh my God, that's terrifying. I have, and my brother has, we have the exact same thing. It's called um, like Schlotsky's ring. We have a narrowing of the esophagus. So we will often eat every time I eat, it gets stuck. And then I just have to really like, we have to focus and like wash it down and it's very difficult. But one time at a restaurant, I took a bite of steak that was probably a little too large. Yeah. Couldn't get it to wash down. And just in the middle of this nice restaurant, started choking. And somebody somebody came over and gave me the Heimlich maneuver. Whoa. Yeah. Well, thank God you're okay. I've actually, I've watched my mom do this twice. First time I remember, we were in Sun Valley, Idaho at like an ice skating, like Olympic ice skating qualifier, something like that. And we're at a shared table, and all of a sudden, I just see her get up, race around the other side of the table, lift up this woman that we didn't know. We just happened to be at the same table, gave her the Heimlich, and saved her life. And it was the most badass thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. My mom, Peggy Curry, is my hero. I was just like, whoa. That was incredible. I learned from my situation how to give myself the Heimlich maneuver. Really? Yeah. You can do that? Yeah. We yeah. might need a lesson. It's not easy and it's yeah. kind of painful, but yeah. We, we'll, yeah, later. Yeah, next time. Yeah. Next episode, we can do a, Heimlich, a <laughs> self-Heimlich maneuver uh, course. Uh-huh. Uh, this, is, this one's been fun, and we're getting closer and closer to the WBC starting. Literally, I think, two weeks away from the WBC starting. The season starts March 30th. We're getting closer and closer there. We're ramping up things here on Flipping Bats. Another episode is coming out soon. Guest interview with Lars Newtbar. Oh, man, I am pumped for that one. St. Louis Cardinal, Team Japan in the WBC. That will be out. I believe it's coming out on Thursday, so stay tuned for that. So we have two episodes this week. This one has been a blast. Thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, My voice and apparently looking awful from Nashville got through it. Alex threw me under the bus there. No, 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 no. Your voice got a lot better throughout the show, okay? And I I didn't mean that in a negative way. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm a kind person, I swear. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. Make sure you like, subscribe, and take a screenshot and send it to the email. Win a bet. Anywhere you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever. Follow along on all social media as well. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. And you can watch every single episode as well on YouTube at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. Thank you all. I really appreciate it. And I will see you next time for another episode of Flippin' Bats. See ya.